Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. even attempt to discuss it tonight other than to say that, gang, a Christian who is filled by the Spirit, who is walking in the Spirit, that he's known by their fruits, the fruits of the Spirit in their lives, not by the gifts. The gifts can happen, will happen. They happen at times, again, not as we will, but as He will, as He leads us. But again, the fruit of our lives ought to be evident within our lives. That's the work of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Today, Pastor David teaches on the spiritual gifts of prophecy and speaking in tongues. After receiving the Holy Spirit, those who gathered in the upper room were enabled to speak supernaturally, to speak to others in a different language. Many also have the gift of prophecy, which is to communicate in a way that draws people closer to God. These gifts are not an end in themselves. Rather, God blesses with these gifts that they may produce fruit, which means results that really matter for our lives. Now here's Pastor David with part three of today's message entitled, Desiring Spiritual Gifts. in this whole argument of this, there's some Greek words that they use, dialectos and glossa. Dialectos and glossa. And when you bring those into account, you kind of have to start wondering, okay, in all the interpretations or in all the translations of the word tongues, one of these two words or variation of these two words is what's used. Now, the Greek word glossa it's interchangeable with both the physical tongue as well as the use of a language. The Hebrew tongue, the Greek tongue, that'd be the Hebrew glossa or the the Greek glossa, again, that kind of an idea. That word, that Greek word, is used 50 times in 47 verses in the New Testament, translated as tongues, okay? Now, when we look at it, 35 of the 50 times it deals with language, speaking a language, a known language, i.e. like the Hebrew language, the Greek language. Or in chapter 2 of Acts, there were men from Parthia and, and a multitude of other nations. Hey, we hear them all in our native glossa, our native tongues, our native language. Ten of those 50 deal with the, the tongue, you know, the thing within the mouth. It deals with that. He touched his tongue, or his tongue was loose to be able to speak. So it deals with that idea. And then five of those just deal with speech, being able to speak. And so, uh, again, that's just kind of give you an idea. Another word uh, you may have heard in the Greek in, in different studies is glossolalia. Glossolalia is just another version of glossa, and it simply means speaking in a tongue. 
Now, the other word that we look at there is the Greek word dialectos. Dialectos, it's only used six times in all the New Testament. And all six of those times are actually found in the book of Acts. And each time that it's used, it deals with an actual foreign language, a real and true foreign language. I don't know if I've got all these on there or not. I was running out of time. Yes, in Acts chapter 2, 6, it says, everyone heard them speak in his own dialectos. 2, 8, each in our own dialectos in which we were born. 21, 40, he spoke to them in the Hebrew dialectos. Uh, 22, 2, he spoke to them in the Hebrew dialectos again. And 26, 14, a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew dialectos. So again, it's pretty much that word just deals with languages. Now, there's also this ongoing debate as to the purpose of the gift of tongues. We've spoken about this previously, but I want to hit on it again here as we're getting into chapter 14. Some declare that when someone speaks in a tongue, in the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues, that they are giving a word to the church along the lines of a a, a prophecy or a word of encouragement or a word of correction, and thus the importance of having an interpreter. If someone stood up in our service and and, and spoke in a tongue, in the gift of tongues, would simply stop and say, is there anybody with the gift of interpretations? And we'd just give it a moment. And if there's not, then we'd just ask that individual to sit down. There's no one with the gift of interpretations tonight. If you don't have that gift, then we're just going to continue on in our service. Again, it's not a strange thing. It's not a a bizarre thing. It is a gift of the Spirit. Often, though, in these cases, actually the tongue giver or the tongue speaker also gives the interpretation. They'll, They'll speak out with a tongue and then thus saith the Lord. And again, I believe that this is totally opposite, though, of what Paul says a tongue is. I'll hold on to that and you'll understand in a moment. The second thing out of the three, others say that the tongue or the declaration is a method of giving praise and glory to God without any interference of the limited human mind. In other words, I'm speaking something, man, I don't know. I I might even feel that it's absolute gibberish. I have absolutely no mind uh, or no understanding of what I'm saying. But again, in a time of worship, in a time of praise, the Lord just uh, brings this to me. No interpreter is needed since it's primarily depend between an individual and God. Now, let me, let me come here, unless it's spoken out loud within the congregation. I've had it here and other places where during worship time, someone might just, again, in quietness of their own worship time, sitting in a chair over here next to somebody, they, they might, again, slip into just praising the Lord in a tongue. That's not for the congregation. That's just them. Now, if they're saying it so loud that they're really interfering, then hey, do you have an interpretation for that? But by and large, that, kind, that gift is for the individual. If, again, we, when we look further on in chapter 14, we're going to see that there was a lot of abuses of that gift, probably more abuses of that gift then uh, than any of the others. And you know what? I, I still see it today. 
Uh, um, in, in a lot of my friends who are, are charismatic or Pentecostal pastors, I see a lot of abuse according to God's word. And they may say, well, no, that's just the way God is leading us in our fellowship. Well, I would take them back and say, but what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 14? The whole reason he's giving that is so that there is order within the church. Not order that's dry and stale, but order that brings glory to God and not to an individual. So there's where the situation is. Now, some, this third thing, some believe that speaking in tongues is the primary, if not the only evidence that an individual has been baptized or filled with or anointed by the Holy Spirit. Some go so far as to say that speaking in tongues is the only sure sign that you're truly born again. The problem is, that ain't nowhere in the Bible, okay? That's, that's, that's the doctrine of man that's pulled that out. He's taken a little bit here and a little bit there and tried to pull that together. But that is not what the Word of God says. There's so much biblically wrong with that concept I won't even attempt to discuss it tonight other than to say that, gang, a Christian who is filled by the Spirit, who is walking in the Spirit, he's known by their fruits, the fruits of the Spirit in their lives, not by the gifts. The gifts can happen, will happen. They happen at times, again, not as we will, but as he will, as he leads us. But again, the fruit of our lives ought to be evident within our lives. That's the work of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I'm in agreement with that second statement about the purpose of the use of tongues. Again, it's the idea that, again, it goes beyond the the limited understanding of, of our own mind, it is something that's primarily, and as we get into 14, Paul brings it more into the idea of using it uh, in, in private times of worship, private prayer. And yes, if it comes into the local congregation in a way that needs to be made known to the local congregation, then there needs to be an interpreter, otherwise be quiet, and only one or two at a time. And again, I've, I've been in services where everybody is speaking in tongues, and I look at my word and I say, that's so wrong. That's so apparently wrong from what Paul's direction is for us. Again, I believe the scripture is really clear about the use of the gift of tongues in a method that gives praise and glory to God without any interference to the human mind. No interpreter needed if it's just in the quietness of our own prayer time at all. Now, it's very clear, though, that Paul encourages the use of the gift of tongues as a personal gift for the benefit of the individual. Again, as he says in verse 2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. And then down in verse 4, he says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. You think, well, we don't want to do that. Well, yeah, we do. We, we need to be built up. We need to be encouraged. You ever either at home or driving down the road and a a great worship song comes on and man, you're just saturated in worship and you just feel again the Spirit of God just falling all over you. Man, that's edifying to you. 
Those are good things, man. We, we want to look for those times of being encouraged by the Lord. That's what he means there. That's what he's speaking about. And Paul believes this gift is good for the individuals. I wish you all spoke in tongues. And yet he's really clear that the gift of tongues is of less importance than the gift of prophecy. Because again, he says, even more, I wish that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Once again, reinforcing the fact that the gifts are for the profit of all. Let's look on here a little bit. I want to look at verse 6, if you would. But now, brethren, after he's given a little bit of instruction to him, he sent them this letter. Now catch this. He sent this letter ahead. This is part of the letter. And he's telling them, now, If I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether it's flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise, unless you utter by the tongue, what? Words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world. None of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of who, church? Of who? The church. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So in other words, he's saying, if I were to come to you, I'm probably not going to come to you speaking in tongues. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to try and give you a word. I'm going to try to give you some encouragement. I'm going to come and give you, again, those words of edification, of knowledge, of prophecy, revelation, knowledge of teaching. Why? Because that's what's going to build up the body as a whole. That's the strengthening of it. People say, well, you guys aren't too much into the gifts and stuff. Yes, we are. But I'm not into the show. I believe that the gifts of spirit are more actively involved than a lot of people really see and understand because we are so used to, because of all the, all the television and all the other stuff, we are so used to just the craziness of it where it's just noisy and it's all out front and everything. But you know what? I've seen you guys ministering to each other in faith. Some of you got the gift of faith and you've prayed for one another. I've seen, again, the Lord using different ones of you, ministering directly to you, and the Lord has given you a word of wisdom to give to that other one. You don't pull it out and say, oh, hey, whoa, (laughs) I said a word of wisdom there. No, I believe, again, as you're being used by the Spirit of God, God is going to just supernaturally flow that through you. I don't think it needs to be a hocus-pocus groovy, quirky feeling that suddenly, okay, I I got the spirit and so I'm going to speak this thing. I believe that's the foolishness of man. I believe that God, when you and I are walking in the spirit and say, Lord, use me today. 
I think that when we are vessels available and willing to be used, God will gift us and equip us to be used for his purposes, not for ours. And so we can look back in those things and, well, gosh, the Lord equipped me to be able to, you know, to teach these little ones in Sunday school. The Lord equipped me and empowered me and gifted me to be able to be a word of encouragement to this brother or to this sister. I, I, I don't know what it is about my personality, but it just seems like God uses me to encourage people. Well, I believe that that, again, is the gift of encouragement that God is pouring into you and using you for his glory. I think that we make so much ado about the outside thing, we suddenly either miss or shut off or exaggerate, you know, something that God doesn't want to exaggerate. When we look at this church here, he says in verse 13, therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. In other words, I I don't really understand what I'm praying. My spirit is praying. What is the conclusion then? Well, I'm going to pray with the spirit, but you know what? I'm also going to pray with understanding. The, the clarity of the context of what he's saying is, I'm going to pray in an unknown tongue, and I'm not going to understand what I'm saying. But I'm also going to pray with understanding, with, with words that I understand. Because there's certain things that I'm praying for within this, my, my friends, this body, my life, my family, whatever. And so I'm definitely praying for that. But there's going to be times that, Lord, I don't, know, I don't even know what to pray. Maybe the Spirit's just going to pray through you in a way that you won't understand. He talks about there's going to come times when I'm going to sing with the Spirit. But I'm also going to sing with understanding. Guys, this is God's Word. It's it's not a doctrine of, of a particular church or not or a denomination. This is just God's Word. And within the context of it, it says that's what will happen. That's what can happen. We, we sing in the Spirit. Well, my thought is, is that's something just in our own private worship time, that the Lord's just going to give us that ability to be able to do that. If we all sang in the Spirit in here, and I've been in churches that have done that. It's, it's noisy, and it's confusing, and it makes absolutely no sense. Oh, they might try to dress it up with a little bit of instruments to make it sound all, you know, ethereal and, you know, all kinds of stuff, but really and truly... It just doesn't make sense. But when I'm surrendered wholly to the Lord, can he do that in me and through me? Shake your head like this. Will he do that in you? Gee, that's up to you. If you're going to block him, no, he won't. But he can. But will he? Where are you in all of this? He says, I'll... Sing the Spirit, I'll sing with understanding. Verse 16, otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he doesn't understand what in the world you're saying? So again, you know, in the public arena, in the congregation, he says, you know, you, you don't do that because again, nobody understands what you're saying. Give thanks in an understandable word because he doesn't understand what you say. For verse 17, for indeed, give thanks well, 
but the other is not edified. You, you may be giving thanks in the Spirit, but unless there's an interpreter, they don't understand what you're saying. I thank my God. Listen to what Paul says. I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. And yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. I'm going to close here with this thought. There are churches within Christianity today that tongues is so important and such a focus. As a matter of fact, man, you've, you've got to have your prayer language. You've got to have it. As a matter of fact, if you don't have it, come up and we're going to be praying for you for that. Well, I don't mind that in one sense, but you know what? I've been in some places. Tot and I were at a church years ago. They came and said, if you don't have your prayer language, why don't you come forward and we want to pray for you. Hey, we wanted all that God had for us. We weren't afraid of anything. We just, Lord, man, if this stuff is real, because we had lived in, we under a denomination that for years and years says, hey, man, all that stuff, so the devil, you don't want any of that. And then I started reading my Bible, and I said, but it really doesn't say what you guys are saying that it says. It says that it's still valid from everything that I can see. And so we went up there. But you know what? They said, hey, why don't you guys go in the back room there, and we'll pray with you. And I kid you not, and this is the bizarrity of the unfortunate reality of modern-day Christianity. They had about 12 or 14 of us lined up along a line there. They said, well, listen, just close your eyes, raise your hands, and just start praising the Lord. Just start praising the Lord. I don't doubt the sincerity, but I really doubt the, the validity of what they were doing, okay? They were very sincere in what they were doing, but I don't think that it was biblical. Because after a while, if you pray, pray, your eyes are closed, your hands are raised, you're praising the Lord. If you hadn't slipped into a prayer language, then they would come by and literally start shaking our chin. Just keep praising the Lord, praising the Lord. There you've got it. You've got it. Just keep going that. Keep going that. And Tot and I looked at each other and we said, See ya. And I thought, you know, if God is going to give me something supernatural, I want God to give me something supernatural. I don't want to be the working and the priming of a man or the trickery of man. I want the Holy Spirit to get a hold of my life and just shake me. Shake me for his glory and work and do in me those things that I can't do on my own. God is good. He is gracious. He desires that we be available to work for his glory, that we are gifted and equipped for his glory in those ways. And as we continue on in chapter 14, you're going to see 1 Corinthians, they were messed up, or the church at Corinth. They were messed up, and it's so easy to get messed up if you don't have the right compass and the right direction. And beloved, that's the word of God. It's not the teaching or the understanding of a man. Open our hearts, change us from within.
As we conclude our time here today on The Open Word, we'd like to thank you for listening. We hope that the words Pastor David has shared from the book of 1 Corinthians have touched your life and that you're eager to dive into a deeper relationship with Jesus. We'd like to invite you to join us again on The Open Word, but you don't have to wait to hear more messages from the Word of God. With details on how you can listen online, here's Pastor David. Hey, thanks, Chris. The Open Word has an archive of previous messages ready to be listened to, downloaded, and shared at theopenword.com. Simply click on the teachings link at the top of the page. You can also take the open word with you on the go by subscribing to our podcasts. This can be done through our website or by searching the open word on iTunes. By subscribing, you'll have sound, biblical-based teachings with you anytime and anywhere. Thanks, Pastor David. While you're at theopenword.com, be sure to click on About for information about the ministry of the open word and more about Pastor David. There's also a link to Pastor David's blog, another great resource that looks deeper into what the Bible is teaching us. That website again is theopenword.com. That's all the time we have for today here on The Open Word. Join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Corinthians. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope that you have a blessed day.